Hey, welcome to the Forward by Faith broadcast. I'm excited that you're here. We're on the way into the sanctuary because we believe that the Lord has a word for us. Come on in and let's see what God has for us. Not looking back, I press into a higher place, no longer will I be deceived by the enemy. I'm moving forward, 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 yeah. I'm walking in my destiny to be all that. I'm moving, forward, yeah. Forward, Speak to the in your swag today looking amazing how excellent is the God that we serve how excellent is the God that we serve you can't stop praising him how excellent is the God we serve come on now and let me tell you for everyone who's in here in the sanctuary or online if you're not wearing any swag it's an easy remedy to that just join a ministry we need you in the army of the living God glory to God now, you could imagine how surprised I was Wednesday. Wednesday, I just got back from a business trip to uh, Charlotte, and I landed. As soon as I landed, turned on my phone, had a text from my son, who's sitting up there, and on time, too. And uh, then I got a call immediately from Pastor Felder. And I didn't know who that was when I initially answered the phone, but I answered, and he said, Queen Dora, in that voice. And I was like... What you want, Pastor Felder? And we started talking, and he mentioned that he had been praying over me for three weeks, not for me, but over me. And he, he asked me, he said, do you have a word? 
And I said, yeah, there's a word from the Lord today. And so that's what brings me here. I, I was voluntold. <laughs> but we give glory to God because it is an honor to be here. And I want to I encourage somebody that almost 20 years ago, I used to come to New Faith. And I used to sit over in the other building. And I was always late and always in overflow. And very, <laughs> I was always sitting with the little kids. And so the first time I came here, the Holy Spirit said I was supposed to join this church. Me being overly analytical, I did not. <laughs> but, but 10 years ago, I did. And when I started, I was sitting all the way in the back. Because I said, I don't want nobody to see me. This is a big church. I just want to get in and just get the word and get out of here. And needless to say, part of the reason why I'm sitting up here is because I joined this little ministry called the Women's Ministry. And that's the swag I'm wearing today, by the way. And next thing I know, I'm standing up here. <laughs> Praise be to God for ministry. So before we go any further, let's give honor and respect where honor is respect and due to the man with the plan, our shepherd, our leader, our spiritual father, the Reverend Dr. Chanel D. Felder. We praise God for this mighty man of God. We pray for God's mercies, his blessings with extra rest, renewal, and restoration in the name of Jesus before he comes back and joins us very soon with a mighty word from God. We just, we're so grateful to have a pastor like Pastor Felder. Want to also acknowledge my brothers and sisters beloved in the ministerial fellowship. Oh my goodness, these people are amazing men and women of God that I get the privilege and the honor to learn from, to study with, to pray with, to serve with. I love you. Thank you so much for every prayer, for every word of encouragement, for every word of, Dora, don't do that. I love you and I appreciate you. It's an honor to serve with you. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the ministry that I had the privilege of serving in for six years, and that would be our deacon ministry, the baddest deacon ministry on this side of the Jordan. Men and women of God who truly believe in service and what it means that the Bible tells us that deacons essentially are waiters on table. I love you. I thank you because you saw me before I saw me. And of course, Glorious Splendor Women's Ministry. And that is a plug. Please join a ministry. I love you, because you truly saw me before me. So, <sighs> y'all need a word? As Pastor would say, there is a word from the Lord. I will pray. Oh, Father God, I have prepared, but I need your power. I need your presence to preach this word, oh God. Lord, I have studied, but I need your strength. Lord, the Holy Spirit has already been ushered in this place. Let it rest, rule, and abide in every word that comes forth from my mouth. Oh, Lord, Lord God, give your people ears to hear and hearts that will feel everything you need us to feel. Minds that are ready to be transformed and renewed, oh God, by your word, oh God. May your people be encouraged, liberated, comforted. May you, Abba Father, be glorified. And may someone who's going through something as we all are feel your merciful presence 
through this preached word. It's in the matchless name of Jesus that we pray. And the people of God will say amen. I'd be super remiss, I almost forgot, <laughs> to thank my family. Uh, I have some amazing seminary friends that are here today, and my son, and special shout out to my son and my beloved, because uh, my son has had the benefit, or maybe it's not a benefit, over the last three years that I've been in seminary, he gets to hear my reflective theological reflections, my embedded theological reflections, my deliberative theological reflections, uh, the preaching moments as I've preached at other locations, and you just listen to me. And I know sometimes you get tired of me, but two weeks left, and the MDev is done. So I'm gonna stop bugging you <laughs> with all the theology and the preaching. I think maybe two weeks left. So for emphasis, for contextual emphasis, I want to highlight a few scriptures or a few verses, I should say, 17 to 19 and 21 to 22. They are as follows. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times harder than usual. So, these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Journey with me today as we explore the question and the topic. When the heat is on, what are you wearing? Turn to your labor on the neck and ask them, when the heat is on, what are you wearing? Turn to your other neighbor and ask them, when the heat is on, what are you wearing? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, beloved people of God. Now, Many of you may be like me, and I'm gonna date myself here, but the fact that I have to wear these most of the time now probably already dates myself. Uh, I'm a child of the 80s. I mean, there was the hair, the jerry curls, and the big volume perms. I had both. And there was the food that you could eat anytime, anywhere, and it was super cheap, and I ate a whole lot of that. The clothes and the shoes, most of the time, I had Reebok dreams, but I was living in a Pro Wings reality. Y'all remember what Pro Wings were? <laughs> but music was the one area where neither my social location nor my socioeconomic background was ever a hindrance. Like many of you, I came from a large family and music was playing all the time. And I mean all kinds of music. On any given day, you could hear from Mahalia Jackson to Michael Jackson. You could hear from The Temptations and the OJs to Fleetwood Mac, and thankfully, eventually, Prince. And then, one of the best things to ever come out of the city of Chicago, house music. I am a househead. So I could use my imagination to just picture myself, the people, the places, the circumstances that were way beyond my day-to-day -day in my love of music. In 1984, there was a particular movie that came out. 
It was a movie that starred Eddie Murphy. And that movie catapulted him into superstardom. Y'all know the movie, Beverly Hills Cop. Now naturally, like a lot of movies that were made back then, it came with an amazing soundtrack. And the soundtrack, excuse me, features such songs as Patti LaBelle's New Attitude, that instrumental Axel F that they played a lot, uh, Neutron Dance, remember that one by the Pointer Sisters? And The Heat Is On by Glenn Fry. Because my musical palette was diverse then, and it still pretty much is, you should see my iPad, these very different songs spoke to me in very different ways. Now, one of those songs that I always found particularly interesting, even as a little girl, and it was the most popular one on that soundtrack, was The Heat Is On. You remember that one? Now, I'm gonna recite a few verses, and if you remember it, recite it with me. Don't worry. <clears throat> I will not sing. Y'all don't need to go through that drama, nor the trauma, or hear me up here singing, so I'm gonna spare you from that. It goes like this, and repeat it after me if you remember it. The heat is on, on the street, inside your head, on every beat. And the beat's so loud, deep inside, the pressure's high, just to stay alive, cause the heat is on. Oh, 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 oh. Caught up in the action, I've been looking out for you. Tell me, can you feel it? Tell me, can you feel it? Tell me, can you feel it? The heat is on. The heat is on. The heat is on. And the song goes further in an attempt to draw the listener into what it must have felt like to be engulfed, to be submerged, to be overwhelmed by heat when it repeats, tell me, can you feel it? Tell me, can you feel it? Tell me, can you feel it? The heat is on. Yeah. The heat is on, oh yeah. The heat is on, burning, burning, burning. It's on the street, flames burning bright. I remember that song so vividly because as a little girl, I remember the first couple of times I heard it, I kept wondering, what kind of heat is he talking about? Is it like the Florida type of heat? Because I like that kind of heat. Well. Maybe I don't like Florida quite as much as I used to, but that's another story. Um, is it like the heat that comes from a furnace or a heater that we use at home to survive these ultimately horrific, disrespectful Chicago winters? Because if it's that kind of heat, I like that too. Or is it another kind of heat? The kind that comes from people, situations, circumstances, and even ourselves that require us to not only be subjected to the heat, but to acknowledge it, to live in it to even exist in it. With that much heat, the kind of heat with flames burning bright, how do you withstand that? How do you exist in it? Because somehow, this don't sound quite as easy as what they taught us in school when they taught us how to stop, drop, and roll. What do you carry? What do you use? What do you wear to withstand that kind of heat? In the depths of my mind, with still a little bit of that little girl imagination, I wonder if the kind of heat that Glenn Fry was describing in that song was the kind that these three were experiencing in the scripture. This is a famous, often used passage of text. Can I walk us through the text that comes before the text to help us get a little bit more context to understand the text? Can I do that? So the story begins with Daniel 1, chapter 1. In this text, if you flip to it, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon commanded his palace master to bring some exiled Israelites to serve in the king's palace. 
verse 5, tells us that the king assigned them a daily amount of the royal rations of food and wine. Daniel, Hananiah, were among those that were chosen from Judah and Azariah. The chief gave them new names to Daniel, Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. The text in verses 8 through 9, chapter 1, shows us that Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in that way. We learn later in that scripture, same text, that God caused the official to show him favor and compassion. In doing so, we learn that he allowed him to continue to worship God and adhere to the practices that aligned with his faith and beliefs, rather than to submit himself to faith and beliefs, to practices that weren't what he believed in. Imagine that for a second, that you could be ostracized, you can be other, you can be marginalized on the outside, on the fringes, and you have favor, you have position, you have privilege, you even have position. And instead of using that for yourself, you stand on what you believe and you speak truth to power and you actually get favor with those that would otherwise oppress you. That's what happened in this text. It's right there. Hmm. Chapter 2 goes on, if you get to flip to it, after Daniel interprets that infamous dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, the king goes as far as to say, specifically in verse 47, that surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Now, as a result of Daniel practicing his faith by operating in his God-given gift as a prophet, the king acknowledges the sovereignty, power, and might of God. That's what happened right there. One has to wonder if perhaps that happened because Daniel was behaving in his full, not partial, not sometime, not some of the time, not situational obedience to who God called him to be. And the king, recognizing the power of God through Daniel's obedience, had no other choice but to recognize God was God. Imagine if we did that. So imagine if living out loud through the practices and core values of our faith as Christians, praying, fasting, Bible reading and study, living and giving to the glory of God, serving each other and taking one of these, come worship with us cards today, after service, when you go to brunch, when you go to lunch, when you're on the street, uh, when you're getting something to eat, when you're buying something from Walmart, or if you're doing what I'm probably going to be doing at a golf course, and handing this to the person at the cash register, handing this to somebody sitting at the table, handing this to somebody, God calls us to sell. Imagine if by living the practices of your faith, you know, the big one, showing others the way to Jesus Christ, not just speaking about the practices, but being the practice. Just as Elder Lisa Ballard and Pastor Sturdivant encouraged us over the last couple of weeks, you may show someone who's in a dark place, someone who's in a furnace, the way to Jesus. Amen, new faith? Can we do this? All right, all right. Now back to the story. The rest of Daniel chapter 2 tells us that the king went on to promote Daniel 
and at Daniel's request. You're talking about using position, privilege, and power for the good. At Daniel's request, he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. This starts to bring us into our primary text, which is chapter 3. We learn early on in the first verses that Nebuchadnezzar builds a giant golden statue in his image and set it up on the plain of Dura in Babylon. The text shows us that he sent for the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, and the magistrates, and all the officials to assemble to come to the dedication of the image that he had set up. In verses 4 through 6, the herald loudly proclaims, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately, say immediately, be thrown into a blazing furnace. So, these people, knowing that they have deliberately created a law that will criminalize some people in the community, the text further shows that some of the astrologers immediately came forward and denounced the Jews. After they pumped the king's ego up in verse 9, in verse 10 they reminded him, Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. In verse 11, it tells us that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, they continue setting up their traps. They continue setting their social and political trap in verse 12, which tells us, but there are some Jews, they said, whom you have set over your affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you've set up. This beloved people of God brings us to our primary text, which finds these three in verses 16 and 17 openly defying this command, telling the king that they would not serve his gods nor worship the golden statue he set up, even with the threat of death in a fiery furnace. This brings us to the first lesson that I believe this text teaches us about when the heat is on, how we can respond, and what we can wear. It teaches us that we must remain true to who we are. That person that God has authentically created you to be. Now, clearly in this land of ancient Babylon, they knew some people didn't worship the same, or let's say in our modern context, have the same social or political beliefs as those in power. People with different ideas, customs, and practices, just plain different. Imagine that for a moment. Imagine living in a place where those differences become laws that are created not only to negate your ability to live in a way that allows you to chase that good old dream of life, liberty, out of the pursuit of happiness, but it negates the promise that Jesus gave us in John 10.10, where he said that he came, that we may have life and life abundantly. Imagine that. Imagine a place where laws can be created by those who represent the majority of those in power, let's say men, for example. Laws that can be made to legislate your body and even criminalize you because you believe different. 
Maybe in some cases, you actually believe the same thing. You just think you should have the authority to legislate your own body. Imagine that. Imagine living in a place where the way you worship, when you worship, how you worship, and to whom you worship is not only contrary to those that are seated in power, but they can make laws that in effect remove you from the beloved community, strip you of your fundamental rights, demonize you, and even dehumanize you because you don't worship, live, look, or exist in the same way. I imagine if that could happen in ancient Babylon, it could probably happen to any group of people that are different from those in power. It could probably happen to any group of people that don't represent the same skin color as those in power. It could probably happen to any group of people that don't represent the same sex as those in power. It could probably happen to anyone who doesn't dress the same, have the same texture of hair, have the same kind of money, education, or even family structures. By that measure, it could probably happen to any one of us. It could even happen right here in the United States of America, home of the free and land of the brave. Can you imagine that with me? If you can, then you're right here in the text. Verse 21 goes on to tell us that so these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Brothers and sisters, the text makes a bold statement and poses an even bolder question for you and me today, as much as it did the exiled Israelites in Babylon. The heat ain't something that won't happen. The heat is a part of life as a Christian and a follower of the way. It's never a question of if, but when will you be in it? The questions are, how do we respond to it? How do we withstand it? And what do we wear when the heat comes? Because it comes. Imagine standing there. You're standing there with all these clothes on. You think you're properly dressed and armed for it, right? The furnace is lit, it's hot, it's burning up. You're standing there looking at a death-dealing type of situation that looks like your end is near. As the flames are being stoked, they're getting bigger, bolder, hotter, raging. The situation is getting out of control. You don't know how you can get yourself out of this mess. You don't know how you even got in it. You don't know how you're going to solve this problem. You can't find your way out of this situation. You're sweating profusely. Your body begins to overheat because you can feel the swelling pressure of the heat coming from this furnace, this fiery furnace, waiting to engulf you, overwhelm you, consume you. But you have faith in God, the God who has already shown you and your people that he is a God who delivers, a God who, like the psalmist said, is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, your faith is being put into action because you have to go against those seated in power and stand on the promises of God. Stand on who you know God to be despite manufactured laws contrary to who you know your God to be. I imagine as they heard the fire's crackling sounds, as they smelled the cold burning in the fire, then as they saw the men that were sent to put them in the fire, themselves engulfed and killed in the fire, 
you got to be careful about what you try to do to other people and setting traps for folks, right? There's a word all in there. At that point, they may have gotten a little afraid and second-guessed their own beliefs. As we're here today with our Bibles, with our church swag, wearing our faith and what we believe in, they may have second-guessed wearing their swag with practicing their beliefs, believing or rather because doing so, it marked them, it targeted them, it identified them, it even othered them to the point of placing their lives in danger. Or like the song says, putting them in a situation where the heat was so much that they could feel the pressure of the fire, the heat, the flames were burning bright. Would they keep wearing their swag amid a dark, dangerous, and deadly situation? The text forces you and me to ask ourselves, will we? Because if we're honest, we can imagine that at some point, they may have thought about turning back. We all sometimes do. Can we be real? Many of us do that when the heat comes on and we think it's too overwhelming for us. When life burns so bright that we may question and even renounce our beliefs, thinking that by stepping back, by running away, that we can somehow save ourselves. But instead... They believed in God. Instead, they chose to put their faith in a sovereign God. Instead, they decided to submit themselves to the will of God. Instead, they decided that nothing that was contrary to the God they served, the God they worshipped, the God they had faith in, was worthy of them turning away from God. Instead, they rejected the lie of a false God and were willing to die in the truth of the one true God. The text shows us that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not only stand the heat, the hate, the persecution, and even the death that can come with standing up for what is right, that can come with openly wearing who you are and whose you are, but they show us what faith looks like. Instead of giving into the pressure of being who they were not, they show us what worship in the spirit and truth looks like. They show us what walking by faith and not by sight looks like. This brings us to the second lesson that I believe this text teaches us, and that's when the heat is on, we must believe in the God who is above the heat. And every fiery furnace that we find ourselves in, this thing that we call life. The text goes on. 24, verse 24. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men we tied up? And threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four, four walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. New faith, new faith, new faith. These Hebrew boys in this text, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are showing us that no matter what we may be going through, no matter the stuff that applies so much pressure, so much heat in our lives, that we feel like we're being consumed and overwhelmed, this text brings a word of good news, a word of encouragement, a word of hope. It reminds us that through all our fiery furnaces in life, that we could find ourselves in, or some of us might be in right here, right now, like the fiery furnaces of debt, unemployment, 
bad relationships, loneliness, being misunderstood, left out and othered, bullying, depression, mental illness, divorce, your issues, my issues, lack, racism, hate, disease, sickness, infirmity, the enemy that is sometimes within me, even death, that in every possible fiery furnace we find ourselves in, in every possible situation, God is there. It's right in the text. That's your shouting moment. God is there. They show us what it meant when we read Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. You know the scripture. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the excuse me, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. New faith. These men of faith remind us of that word Reverend Powell gave us a few weeks ago when he used Acts 10, and he reminded us that in order to take territory, we must use love as a weapon. In this scripture, in this scripture, these three show us what that looks like because by refusing to go along, to get along, to live along, and stand in the practices of their faith, even in the most extreme circumstances, they had to love God. They loved God before the situation. That's how you take territory. Love is still the weapon. By not reacting to what was around them, responding in ways that were contrary to the God they knew, they were doing what Elder Lisa Ballard told us a couple of weeks ago when she showed us in 2 Samuel, verses 17 to 25, that David waited on the Lord and allowed God the God who's above all, to be above all, including his dark and dangerous and deadly situation when he chose to wait for God to deliver the Philistines to him as he stood boldly in what new faith? His faith and his belief in a God who could deliver. Maybe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remembered the word that God spoke to the prophet Isaiah earlier in the biblical canon. Isaiah 43, 2. You know that verse a word that you and I can hold on to in the midst of our fiery furnaces. When God says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In this text, beloved people of God, they show us with faith and practice in real life, when life gets real, when things get messy, what it looks like as they demonstrate the manifestation of that old psalm we love, Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to ask you to join me. This is a participation sport here today. Join me and recite it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Come on, new faith. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In closing, they show us that it's not that we won't go through some mess, difficult situations, unexpected medical diagnoses that change our whole life, or situations that bring us to our very knees, forcing us to sometimes question ourselves and even our faith. They show us how to respond to those things by faith, in faith, because of faith. The third lesson this text teaches us is that when the heat is on, to respond to it, to withstand it, we must wear our faith. That is what you wear, your faith. Because in doing so, and it's right there in the text, you bring the presence of God in your situation. It's right in the text. You bring the presence of God in your fiery furnace. We know without faith we can't please him. Just like these men, these beloved men, we are called and love new faith. If we want to do our Father's business and take territory in 2023 to show others the way to Jesus by remaining true to who God has created us to be, the authentic versions of ourselves, who, when the issues and troubles of life get us down, they seem to overwhelm us, engulf us, have us burning in heat that sometimes we think we can't withstand, we know we can believe in a God who is above the fiery flames of every furnace. We can wear our faith because in doing so, we bring God into every fiery furnace and death-dealing situation we could ever possibly be in. Turn to your neighbor and simply say, today, I'm wearing my faith because when the heat is on, I want to bring the God who is a deliverer with me. I am not alone. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Stand up all over the church, men and women of God. Stand up all over the church. The doors of the church are open. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast of New Faith Baptist Church International. If this message has been a blessing to your life, we ask that you please partner with us by sowing a seed of faith so we can continue to extend the body of Christ. Join us as we continue to move forward by faith. Yeah.